You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV presents Chatting with Kathy. Sit-down interviews with Hollywood's leading actors, artists, and entrepreneurs. And now, your host of Chatting with Kathy, Kathy Kelly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AfterBuzz TV's Chatting with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Kelly, and today's guest joining us, singer-songwriter Ariel, who has garnered the attention of many industry executives in the music industry, and it all started at the age of five when she began singing. So, Ariel, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. <laughs> Excited. Yeah? Um, so, I want to take it back to the very beginning. Starting singing at age five, like, that's unheard of nowadays i feel like why did you get into um music um well both of my parents were doctors so it was kind of interesting when they had heard from some people in preschool from the teachers that yeah. oh she's singing the song you know you are my sunshine or whatever just a little bit better like she's there's something different about her i think you should put her in a choir mm-hmm. I said okay great an extracurricular activity and i was in a choir and reading music and it stuck it never went away after that. It's yeah. Kind of, they figured out pretty early on that that was what was going to happen. Something that you wanted to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just singing, but you've also learned how to play guitar, piano, trumpet, so many musical instruments. Um, which one was the first one that you picked up? Piano was my first because learning to read music, it seems to be just a little bit easier. Um I wanted to play the guitar when I was six, so my parents wouldn't buy me one until I was ten. So I was like, all right, uh, loud and obnoxious uh, mm-hmm. trumpet. <laughs> and, <laughs> whatever was loud and obnoxious and no other girls were playing is what yeah. I wanted to do. Should have done drums. My- I, I picked up drums along the way, too, but it still wasn't as cool really? to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so do you have any siblings or no? I have a younger brother, two okay. years and a day younger. So no one else in your family is involved in music? No. I have a couple, like, aunts and distant relatives that sing a little bit but not really yeah um i'm the same way where both my parents are involved in science and i was like anything but science (laughs) it's kind of how you feel what kind of doctors are they periodontist and a pathologist okay and i have the brain i love it like one day i want to get my phd uh in something yeah but for now i'm not into it were you good in science in school no it was pretty awful (laughs) (laughs) um you focused on music exactly yeah yeah um, so when you were growing up, I know you said you were involved in, in choir and things like that. Um, what were your other hobbies other than music? I was a big swimmer. Uh, I wanted to be in the Olympics, but I was told from around the same time, about six to 15, I was competing in swimming and competitively I had state champions and stuff, usually in freestyle and backstroke. Um, but then they told me I was too short, uh, if to you, be a swimmer? Yeah. You know, when you when you reach and you're about to hit the wall, depending on – I'm pretty short. Uh, <laughs> but if, if other somebody else is taller than you, they can hit the wall oh, before yeah. you even if they're behind you. And that, milliseconds count at that mm-hmm. point. So if I were – if it were me now, I would have told them to get lost. But it was good because it led me – it led me here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when did you start writing songs? 
uh, I'd say around the time I started singing, I would, it started with melodies and that's still how I write my music. Usually it's, it's melodies first instead of actual written lyrics. Yeah. Um, but writing down and performing them maybe around, around 11, about a year after I started playing guitar, but I would write melodies and then have other people kind of work on, on the chords because that's how it came to me the most clear. Do you remember your first song that you ever wrote? Yes. It was inspired by um, Elton John's Candle in the Wind, except mine was not as graceful. (laughs) (laughs) What was it called? Candles. Candles? Yeah. It was pretty exciting. Do you remember how it went or no? Kind of. I could play the chords Mm -hmm. because they were just the only chords I knew on the guitar. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I'd, I'd have to think about it. Did it's your parents ever, like, videotape it or anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I was in a lot of musicals before then. Okay. Um, so there's all, all sorts of weird opera. And, again, I was singing in a choir, so I didn't really develop... I didn't learn how to do vibrato until I was 17 because you're supposed to sound like one person singing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of old stuff that'll have to surface somehow. I was wondering, I know that people learn music differently. A lot of people learn by reading the music and a lot of people sound it out. So which are you more so, do you think? Combo both. Okay. I did go, I I went to music school after being trained in a choir, but if it's not necessary to to read, I mean, I can read, I can read on guitar and read music, but if I don't have to and someone's just showing me something, I'm not going to. Like, yeah. Well, write it out for me. <laughs> so both, depending yeah. on the situation. How often did you perform growing up? I know you said you were in musicals, but... Well, it started with singing. I mean, I toured the world yeah. singing before I even picked up a guitar. That's crazy. Um, and we sang at Giants games and things. I'd say at least two or three times a week. Did you ever get stage fright or anything? Horribly. Really? Never with vocals, but with guitar. Okay. Do you still get nervous when you perform? No. Okay. No, I'm pretty good now, but I it shake and cry uncontrollably, even though I didn't want to. It was just yeah. that adrenaline somehow. When did that kick in for you? Like, do you feel like it was later after performing or very young? Um, no, it, it was later. Yeah, it was later, and it would happen right as I go up to the to the um, stage and perform. The worst was when I was at music school. I think I was really intimidated by a room full of guys, guitar players who yeah. were going to be playing the exact same thing. Or I think that when I got older, I was more self-conscious and I would practice so hard. And then I get up there and I would make an idiot of myself <laughs> and I'd be like, no, I worked hard. And like, oh, girls can't play guitar. And I'd be that I was, I just put too much pressure on myself. There is kind of like that, uh, idea that it's guitar is like the guys. It's still going on. I can't yeah. believe that. Yeah. Still. There are yeah. so, I mean, in the industry, I feel like there are so many more guys who play instruments than girls. Like, usually girls are just categorized as the, the singers, and that's it. But yeah, it's, I, now it's starting to shift, finally. Yeah, I, I would have thought at this point that it would think, I mean, there was Orianti with, with Michael Jackson, but, and, and now girls are coming out. There's Sheila E on, you know, drums and percussion stuff. So yeah. There's really not much. Um, but that's changing, I think. You're right. Yeah. Um, so in high school, I know that you graduated early. Um, how did you do that? Was it just more classes or? Well, I, I wanted to be an independent study because I didn't, I just wanted to practice Mm -hmm. all day. 
So I first got got into independent study when I was 15. Yeah. And so they'd give me a packet this thick of homework, and then I'd go and work. I wouldn't work on it till the day before I had turned it in. And it was pretty easy. You get one class for an hour a week, and he tells you, or she, tells you everything that you need to do. So I would do it the day before, and the rest of the day I would just practice at home by mm-hmm. myself. And then I found I wanted to go to MI. So I actually found a loophole where you can buy your diploma online. It's not a GED. They can't do it anymore. What? But I bought my <laughs> diploma online. Is that official? Like, well, yeah, it was at the time. <laughs> what? It's not anymore. They, they, There was some loophole where you could buy your diploma. Your and, high school diploma. Yeah. And then a year later, they found out that was going on and stopped it. But I, during that time period, I bought it. You can pick your GPA. <laughs> 3.75 with honors in math. I didn't want to do 4.0. It was a little too obvious. Yeah. So, um, and I went to MI a couple months later. So oh, my gosh. And you were 17 when you went to MI, right? I just turned 17. Okay. In that Within that month. So, for people who don't know, that's the Musical Institute in, um, in Hollywood, Hollywood, California. Yeah. So, going back to high school a little bit, uh, was it a special high school? Like, did they have a focus on music or was it just a normal? Yeah, they did. It was okay. called ArtQuest in Santa Rosa and they had... Everything from musical to video editing okay. and music, they had everything there. So pretty much everything <laughs> in the industry. Yeah, and okay. about 50% of the school did that. And you just get extra um, electives. And then okay. I think it's four hours a day, you get extra of whatever you choose. So how did you choose that school over a normal like public school or private school in the area? Was that your parents doing? or Though that was me. Okay. I was always in private schools, and I couldn't stand it because I yeah. wanted to be with, like, in the regular schools, not to wear uniforms and stuff. Yeah. Um, and this school, so how much of your time was devoted to music while you were in school during the day? Uh, while I was in school or yeah. when I got out in independent study? Both. Minimum 12 <laughs> hours. Okay. I during the day? Like, the entire leave. day? Yeah. Wow. You were that devoted? Yeah, minimum. I did not have friends or anything. <laughs> and that's that's why it, it was easier for me just to stay home yeah. and practice. And I know that you, you've said before that high school is tough for you. Um, yeah. Was it because of, like, what was it? I felt I had moved to a lot of different high schools. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt more mature. Yeah. I didn't – I had something I already knew I was supposed to do, which at 15 is pretty young, that that was my focus and anything other than that wasn't important to me. Yeah. So I didn't really relate with people around me. Yeah, your peers were just still trying to figure it out. Yeah, and I'm fortunate because I think about that now. I'm like, what would I do if I didn't <laughs> yeah. have that? What was the pivotal moment where you realized that music was something that you wanted to pursue as a career? Because I know that a lot of people um, – they enjoy music, but it's more of a hobby. So when was that moment? Well, strange because I never, I never thought about it being a career. Yeah. Until I had to make money. Because <laughs> um, I started so early. When yeah. I was six, I saw Queen live at Wembley, and Brian May. The moment I saw him, that was it. I knew instantly. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. That's me. Um, so that's when I knew music was what I was supposed to do. But I never thought about making money until I was about 15, the same age, and being like, oh, now my mom is telling me I need to have a job. Yeah. And I don't want to have a 9-to-5 job, so I'm going to have to make this 
something that I can pursue. It was never, I want to be famous and I'm going to, that was never it. I just didn't want to have to do a regular job. Yeah. What what, what kind of music did you uh, listen to growing up? Because I know Queen was one of the bands that you listened to a lot, but what were some of the other ones? Uh, There's a lot of doo-wop. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much musical influence in my family. The only person who listened to music was my dad, and he mm-hmm. had opera and doo-wop. Okay. And so then I went in, and he showed me Chuck Berry. Um, first grade, I, I did an air guitar of Johnny Be Good in, in front of my class for show and tell. Yeah. Uh, since I couldn't play, <laughs> that was good enough for me. Um, there was there was classic rock, and I I established my own foundation and what I listened to from the doo-wop into the Beatles, you know Hendrix, and then it went a little bit more heavy to Journey and Boston, yeah. and then Dio and Sabbath, and that's where I ended up staying more in the kind of old school heavy metal area yeah. was this around the same time that like all of your peers were listening to britney spears exactly the same time <laughs> and spice girls and actually boys <laughs> i had a poster i'll admit okay <laughs> so you did listen to that stuff too i i could never handle the britney spears okay. that, but I, I i didn't do very long of that because yeah. I, I always wanted the instruments i feel like i, I missed that part yeah and that's what i was saying is that yeah. back in the day there were all these like pop idols that never picked up an instrument but now we do have there you know people mainstream yeah. like a taylor swift who carries her guitar on stage every time she performs mm-hmm. so even though i'm not equating you to taylor swift but um that kind of mentality of being able to play an instrument while performing I think yeah well. i like that how it's reverting back to the musicianship and knowing the song yeah and people writing their own music again well, there's that yeah that's that's kind of a big deal yeah i feel like there was a very long phase in music where people just had songs written for them and it was never really a collaboration it was just oh here's a song sing it it's gonna be your next single yeah shortcuts and wanting to find a hit because yeah. like and we talk about this sometimes it's not like the most hit potential song it's what it brings i mean now you'll hear things on the radio if you would have looked like that's not going to be a sing- like a hit mm-hmm. and now it is because it's actually what's inside it as opposed to the chord progression and the melody is so catchy it's going to be a hit mm-hmm. as opposed to that's a great song and that's why it's going to be a hit yeah are there is there any particular music or um, musician right now that you know mainstream that you think is really cool i really like imagine dragons okay there's another band i forget their name they have a single there, there's these two there's three sisters i forget what they're called because i don't know how to pronounce it um but they have the single called the wire and they they're girls that play guitar yeah and they i haven't heard anything really about them since but i think that's really it that, I, okay. that i'm interested in right now yeah because okay. there's instruments and it, it's kind of like rocky and old school and they all play instruments live and yeah i like the songs so um bring it back just a little bit you have spent most of your life in California, but you've also moved around a lot from, um, you originally were born in New Jersey. Yeah. Then when did your family move to California? What age? I was about six or seven. Okay. So young. It's pretty young. Yeah. Okay. And then after you went to the musical institute in Hollywood, you moved to London. Yeah. What was the reasoning for that? Well, I'd become friends with my my lifelong hero, Brian May. Okay. Well, we have to talk about that, actually. (laughs) So how did that come about? I know you brought your guitar to a book signing of his. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I waited in line. I I wore my little queen shirt and I brought the craziest guitar. It's a snakeskin, like pointy metal guitar that yeah. I, I still have. I, I I was trying to make a statement. And, I put, <laughs> and you did. Yes, I did. I put myself at the back of the line because I thought, okay, this is nobody's going to be telling me to move forward in the line. How many people were there? It must have been two or three hundred. Okay, big line all outside Book Soup and on Sunset Boulevard. And I had all these questions I was going to ask, and I walk up, and I was like, "He look." I had pictured him exactly like that in my head. I was so excited, and. I asked him how he goes about writing his music, if he ever had hand problems, because I was having some hand stuff, um, and a couple other things, and asked if he could hang out afterwards. And he said that he had an interview and couldn't, and I was sad. So I started walking <laughs> out with my head hang low, and the guy behind me is like, no, you should stay. I'm like, well, that's weird and stalkerish. I'm not just going <laughs> to wait for him. He's like, no, I'll sit in the corner. So I sat in the, I just sat and started playing my guitar, and he came up to me and started talking to me like we were friends. Uh, and we talked there for almost an hour. Wow. And traded information, and we were pen pals after that. Every day he was on tour talking about how that was, and I, we were talking on the phone, and I, and I had this idea that, okay, I'm going to go to London, and I'm going to work with him. He did not ask me to go. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, all my doing. Yeah. And it, uh, it was a, a little bit after I had, graduated from Musicians Institute. Yeah. And I'd never been there. I had gone... You just picked up and moved. Yeah, there wasn't much to pick up. Yeah. I got a couple How of guitars. How long was the, the program at uh, MI? It was almost two years. Okay. And the focus was solely, I mean, obviously solely on music. Yeah. Was it like, it's just the um, technique and that kind of stuff? Or songwriting yeah. as well? There's that too, depending okay. on what elective you take. It was the guitar program. So they teach you reading music on guitar, which is very different than piano. Mm-hmm. Um, and then chords and scales and jazz and any style you want. And then um, you can learn how to engineer on computer or you can do your vocals. Like you can do extra minors and other things. Um, and that's where I really started developing my own voice yeah. on the side. But it's open 24 hours. So I was there all the time. Yeah. Um, Upped from 12 hours of music a day oh, to even way more. more than that. <laughs> Way more than that. How many hours would you say? 17, 18. Wow. Sometimes I'd, I'd sleep like there. That's like barely leaving enough time to sleep. Yeah. There wasn't much of that. That's crazy. It was It was awesome. Okay. So uh, moving to London to be with your mentor, Brian. I didn't know how that was going to roll out. but How did it work? Well, I, I knew I needed a, a visa, so I decided I was going to go to another music school so I could get to a visa. I, I ended up going to the Institute of Contemporary Music Performance in London, mm-hmm. so legally I could be there. And then I told him, like, I'm here! Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so he kind of, he was excited that I was there, so yeah. he brought me into... Um, his musical We Will Rock You that mm-hmm. he has in the West End of, of London. Mm-hmm. And so I'd sit in. I learned everything the way they wanted it and read. And there was a the director. You're up in the wings and you play for, you know, the, you're in the orchestra section. Yeah. And that was really cool. It was – so I was doing that. And then I was playing guitar for pop artist over there. What was the pop artist's name? His name was Charlie Pidcock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did you get involved in that? He was at my music school. Okay. 
So I started in pop music playing for other musicians. Yeah. What was the best or biggest piece of advice that you think that Brian's given you? Patience. I have had to continuously learn that. Now I am enjoying the process of whatever, wherever I was, because I, and I think it's been, it's been a double-edged sword of having high standards of myself. It's like, I succeed, I complete something I wanted to do, and then immediately after, without pausing, that's the next one. Mm-hmm. So it ends up seeming like it's impatient and not ever satisfied with what I'm doing. Yeah. And he would always talk about, and I got to witness it. We were, I was at his place and it was freezing. I was not used to it. It was snowing. I didn't know it snowed in London. So that was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> but we were at his place that he has out in the country. And I was in socks and wearing his jacket, which went to the floor. Um, and we were jamming. And he had this idea. And he picked up the guitar. And it was so slow. And just the song developed incredibly slowly. And I got to watch it and be like, oh, okay. And how he would put the guitar on top of it. And it was like I wasn't there. And got to watch the life around him and understand that it wasn't what I thought it was. Yeah. Things don't happen as fast as... They are, and they don't sound perfect when you start. Mm-hmm. Have you slowed down at all after that, or you're still, you want to get things done? I wouldn't say I slowed down mentally, yeah, because mm-hmm. I understand that where I, I'm always striving to be better, yeah. that, that won't ever end, so I understand that. But yeah, it's still something I I um, challenge myself with. It's like, okay, where you are right now is is good. Yeah. Patience is a virtue. Yeah, it really, it really it's is. so cliche, but it is. <laughs> um, so how long did you end up staying in London before you moved back to California? About 10 months. Okay. But I moved around after that. Yeah. What was your parents' reaction when they found out that you were moving to a different country? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she knew I was serious. Yeah. Did they uh, did they ever visit you out there, or was it just like one time? Okay, yeah, yeah. we had uh, my my mom's entire side of the family come, which was crazy. Were they very supportive, or yeah, did anyone tell you supportive. not to go at first? Okay, but they weren't going to talk. I had already. I mean, that's how it came about to go to Musicians Institute. It was the morning of my birthday at three o'clock in the morning. I walk into my mom's room. I'm leaving to go to music school. Oh, okay. A month later, I was gone. So that's kind of how my life went. So they, she, kind of used to it at yeah. that point. So when you moved back, what was the first thing that you did to further your career from London? Yeah, I started working on um, a solo album that was mostly guitar. Mm-hmm. It's just a guitar shred album. Yeah, it's quite funny to listen to. There's odd time signatures and my voice is not that good <laughs> <laughs> on it. Why do you say that? Because <laughs> it's just, I was so shy of, of my voice that I'm like, okay, put it down in the mix so yeah. you barely hear it. But the guitar playing is cool and there's yeah. Billy Sheen on it. There's a lot of really great musicians that got to play on it. Um, there's didgeridoo. I, I'm sure it'll see the light of day sometime. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was super fun. And then that's when I went into the pop stuff, when I figured out that wasn't going to get me a record deal. 
Okay. <laughs> um, so I know that you were discovered, in a sense, by, yeah. I'm going to butcher his name, Nuno Betancourt. Is that you how you say that right. it? Okay. Yeah. And he has worked with Rihanna, Extreme, so many other artists. Um, so how did that happen? At the time, I was doing choreography um, with my guitar. So uh, it was an interesting experiment. I choreography was with your guitar? What yeah, I had six backup dancers, and then I was playing and singing okay. and dancing with them. So my choreographer had said, I know this producer. He's awesome. I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, give him my number. You hear it all the time. Uh, so this guy ended up calling me, Carl Restivo. He does stuff with School of Rock and was also with Rihanna for a while as a guitar player. I went to his house, and I showed him that album I told you I worked on, the guitar shred yeah. thing. And he, I guess, went into the bathroom and called Nuno because they are best friends. I didn't know this until later, but it's like, you have to come see this girl. Like, this is something different. So he came over when at about 10 o'clock we were writing a song, and I'm just jamming, and he walks in the door like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know who he was at the of time? Of course I knew who yeah. he was. And... We jammed all night until about four in the morning or five. Wow. Literally, I, I don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was crazy. And he decided that he was going to take this idea that I had and we were going to make a video instead of just a showcase. And um, so, yeah, he worked on this video that we did that eventually got me signed and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, he took me to New York. It was awesome. So that, that's how it came about. That's awesome. Um, so now you have this new EP that's coming out in April. Where did you find, uh, your musical inspirations for that? Or is it just something that you came up with? Inspirations would be, I wanted it. I go, I was going back and what are the songs I continuously listen to regardless of where I'm at in my life? Mm -hmm. And I immediately went to Sting and his, his, uh, album Soul Cage. And I'm like, okay, and Queen, what what is it that makes that so great? Like, they're timeless songs because something so special was caught in them. And that's what I wanted. And you can't try to do that other yeah. than just connecting into whatever you're writing about. So the goal was an organic. That's what we wanted, just... Um, natural, uh, mo- as many real instruments as we could pile in there, yeah, and and simplified that that could withstand time and you know changing of lives and music music and sound on radio something that could could stay there. How long did it take you to put everything together? A couple weeks, okay, two or three, and um, and then the single we chose, California, ended up being in between as we were finishing another one. Like, oh, we have this cool idea. Yeah. It started on a, on a keyboard, actually. Really? Yeah. And then, so some of them like that, we consider the, the happy accident. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get to your performance in a few minutes. But before we do that, I just want to know, for people that haven't heard you sing before, how would you describe, or heard your music before, how would you describe your style? I'd say the emotional depth of Adele meets the harmonies and kind of um, instrumental guitar rocky sound of Queen-ish. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd say. Do you have an artist that you hope to emulate their career one day? Mm. 
I have a couple that I feel like I would like to take the baton and run with it. Like who? Like Queen. Queen? Like Hendrix. Yeah. Pe- things that s- stopped a little too early. Mm-hmm. And, and take it from there. Yeah. See where it goes. Yeah. Um, so, I know we talked about your inspiration for this EP specifically, but is there something that in every single song that you write, you hope to include in that song? Something that really matters. Yeah. It Lately, it's been kind of more painful emotions, mm-hmm. but it's not always the case. And whatever it is, I want it, like, smothered in it. Yeah. Because that's why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. So that people feel. Yeah. People feel. And I feel. And it gets out. That's good. Um, so you do, what was it called? The Dolphin Project? Tell me about that because I was really interested in, I loved dolphins when I was growing up. Like dolphins, killer whales, all of that. So how did you get involved in the Dolphin Project? Around, I mean, the same time I start, I picked up a guitar. I was 10. I read the book Behind the Dolphin Smile. I'd always go to the library yeah. and bookstores about dolphins and whales. And this one I picked up was not what I ex- expected it to be. It was about this guy, Rick O'Berry, who was the trainer for Flipper and caught the first captive dolphins. Mm-hmm. And then the dolphin, his favorite, Kathy, that was one of the Flippers, had... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With a K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, was depressed yeah. and actually she they breathed consciously and she stopped breathing right in front of looked at him and then went underwater and didn't come back up and it was then that he had realized that wow what have I done this, yeah. this isn't right mm-hmm. and since then since the late 60s he's now I think 74 mm-hmm. he's been re- trying to reverse this entire monster he's created of capturing these animals and so he has the dolphin project that raises awareness of captive whales and dolphins and you know that are doing shows and also things that happen at the cove in taiji and lots of other places in iceland and antarctica and um yeah we just had a a great benefit in at the avalon here in la Mm -hmm. we had most. A lot of other artists are involved in this charity. Yeah, they're starting to come around. And, um, yeah, we have one with Hart and Joan Jett on mm-hmm. Earth Day, April 22nd yeah. in Seattle for for the Orcas. So it's been a big part of my life. Yeah. Do you think that you'd be a marine biologist or something if oh, you weren't yeah. a musician? Yes. Is definitely. that like your... I thought about it. Yeah? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be, a uh, like, something along those lines as well, like a veterinarian or... Something. Like a dolphin trainer or something? Yeah. I know. I, I did know. too. <laughs> so, um, is that literally like what you would do if you weren't doing music? It's so hard to look at that. Yeah. I tried to do everything but music and it didn't work. That's the path <laughs> that you were meant to take then. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's other people who are better than that, than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in another life I would probably do that. You wouldn't be a doctor like your parents? <sighs> it gets boring after a while. <laughs> boring yeah i think i'd get bored (laughs) what does your brother want to do music business okay 
he's in the music business uh, at UBC in Canada. So I don't know. I think he wants to be a manager. Like so. Okay, he could help you with your career. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some learning to do. Uh, how much younger is he? Two years and a day. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so why was it? I know that a lot of artists nowadays, there are just so many out there, and a lot of people go to YouTube as their first avenue. Why didn't you do that? Um, I didn't feel like it could capture all of me. Okay. Or maybe that it could have been just lack of self-confidence. I'm not sure because I look back on it now and I remember having this great video yeah. that I could have put up and I know dancers and the guitar, I know that it could have gone viral, yeah. but it didn't feel like the right thing to do that would withstand the way that I wanted to. It didn't, it didn't come, it, it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Do you think you're a perfectionist at all? Oh, without a doubt. I like at that everything too. that I do. Yeah. yeah. There are so many YouTube videos <laughs> that I wanted to put out. I'm like, no, nope, I'm just yeah. worried about like the rejection or one person disliking it or something. I won't even but, look. I won't look at the really? comments. Oh, no. I, I don't want to know how many views or comments. I don't. I try not to look because then I get, yeah. I get upset. So you're genuinely <laughs> doing this because you're passionate about it. It's not because you want approval. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's really cool. Um, so moving forward, what do you hope to accomplish in both your career and your life? To reach the closest to my full potential that I came here to do. Yeah. So with, I, and again, I don't think that ever ends. Yeah. At least wherever I leave off, I want to be able to express myself physically I'm with both instruments and my voice the way that I hear in my head yeah I want to be able to have whatever I do outlive me by a long period of time whether that's music or with dolphins and whales or the environment um and and become a better person more mm -hmm. calm and um easygoing laid back <laughs> sometimes I get frazzled um I just want to be a better person. Yeah. And I, I, all the other stuff is great. I want people to hear my music and I want to, I want to have it be a soundtrack like it was for me. Other artists were for me. And have that mean something. Yeah. And if I can grab that, then you can't really strive for that other than doing what you do mm -hmm. and being the best at it. So that's my focus. Yeah. Do you have any other charities that you work with or hope to work with? Um, I work with Heal the Bay. Okay. And that's just, they're incredible out here. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more for the water quality. Mm -hmm. Um, they banned the plastic bags they, and smoking on the beach. That was all heal the bay. Mm -hmm. They do report cards on water quality at each and every beach all throughout California. Yeah. And then go and educate children on, and adults where the water comes from. When you flush the toilet, that is not, there's a difference between that and, you know, the, the drainage yeah. on the side of the street that goes directly in the ocean, which people don't know. Mm -hmm. So basic things of, of awareness that it affect the world, you know, instead of throwing your cigarette out, knowing it's going to go back in the ocean, people throw it away. Yeah. And there are so many artists, I feel like, who use um, what they've achieved as a platform, like a YouTube yes. or, you know, that kind of, is that what you hope to someday do? That would be my biggest motivation. 
if of success to be able to to make a difference in that way because one person alone I, I think having all that success for just me seems like a lot like I don't need all that but in order to have that be pushed out and, and make a difference with it then I'm all for that awesome well if you want to do I know you brought sure. your guitar and we're gonna do a little performance so yeah take a minute if you need it <laughs> get situated but I'm excited to hear yeah. the acoustic version. We're, you're singing California, right? The single on your mm-hmm. EP? Okay. Well, my name in the light Wanna swim in the sky Be the only star at midnight For I knew it, I was lost didn't count all the costs Now I wonder if I'll ever even Make it out alive I've been chasing dreams But they're chasing me In the city of angels I can't sleep Cause I'm trading on scars For that concrete store And I can't find the sun shining California Only wanted to be me Had the best intentions I was scattered in all directions It was more than I could take I would bang us to break Fall apart was it never I've been chasing dreams, but they're chasing me in the city of angels. I can't sleep, cause I'm trading on scars for that concrete store. And I can't find sunshine in California. I've been chasing dreams, but they're chasing me in the city of angels. I can't sleep, cause I'm trading on scars for that concrete store. And I can't find the sunshine in California. Um, so for people who want to get that song, where can they find it? They can find that at my website, officialariel.com. That's A-R-I-E-L-L-E. Or Twitter at Ariel Official. Yeah. Um, or my Facebook page, The Official Ariel. That's, you know, Facebook. So yeah. The Official Ariel. And, um, yeah, it's all there. And the, stuff. the EP will come out in... 
in April. April. Yeah. The full AP. Cool. Um, so I know you also filmed the music video for that recently. Yeah. How did that go? It was awesome. Yeah. We went 300 miles all around LA and make it look like it was this big journey. Uh-huh. And it was, regardless. <laughs> we drove a lot. There's the snow and the desert and we ended up at the pier at the end and Rico Berry from the coves in it and I put my hand in Brian May's star and the outside of Guitar Center. There's lots of things. Holly Boulevard, things that make California. And it's very, I guess, representative of your life. Very. Yeah. All of it. Uh, Has Brian seen it yet? Oh, yeah. He has? What did he think about that part? Really? (laughs) He's like, oh, my gosh. I'm so proud. Yeah. Yeah, he loved it. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, you already did a lot of the shameless plugs, but anything else you want to mention? I think we're good. Just keep posted on, you know, when I'm when I'm playing shows and coming around to different areas and check it out. Cool. And they can find that all on your website, right? On, on the website, officialarial.com. Cool. Well, Ariel, thank you so much for coming in today. And guys at home, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you go to iTunes, um, you can also find all of our podcasts there. Just search AfterBuzz TV. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Katherine Kelly. You can find all of us here at AfterBuzz TV. So until next time, Ariel, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, there will be another Chatting with Kathy episode later this week. So check that out. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 